tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. I apologize in advance for what the audio is going to sound like today. I really don't know. My friends and I are staying in a, in a cute little three-bedroom flat in Paris. I told you we came in town to see the Beyonce. The show is tonight. But the apartment either upstairs or next door, we still haven't figured that out, is doing a renovation. And construction starts around 8 a.m. every day. Today, the construction is right above my bedroom where there's a desk where I take my podcast. So I hope it doesn't interfere, but it might. Also, I know my voice sounds like pure trash. I'm quote unquote allergic to cigarette smoke. I was reading up on it this morning. Apparently you can't be allergic to smoke, but smoke can activate your body's response to allergens. I was like, so isn't that allergic? But apparently there's some difference that I don't understand. They smoking like they on fire in this whole city. I forgot how much Paris smoke. Like London smokes too. But I guess in London, I'm not like sitting out at cafes all the time. But we went out to Soho House last night. Their main restaurant is this indoor outdoor garden and it's open air with a retractable roof and it was decent weather last night so the roof was back and they were just smoking like cliche chimneys my voice my head my nose my eyes like everything was a mess i had a severe allergic reaction i've been hacking and coughing like it's it's kind of ugly especially for somebody who's living depends on their voice but other than the smoke paris is it's just a breathtaking, enchanting, amazing city. One of the women I'm traveling with, her birthday is this week, and we went out the other night to this place called Giraffe, and it's this rooftop restaurant with views of the Eiffel Tower, and the Eiffel Tower is all lit up at night, but every hour on the hour for the first five minutes, it does this sparkling thing where it looks like somebody just threw glitter on it. But we're just eating and the Eiffel Tower is sparkling and just giving everything Paris has to give. It's just such a gorgeous, beautiful city. Like we just ride around in Ubers and, and I'm just filming just the basic stuff. Storefronts, cafes, just the cityscape. I'm absolutely in love with this city. Only reason I didn't relocate to Paris is because my French is bad. And I thought I would need to speak French way better in order to base myself out of a city. But lo and behold, I speak just enough French and just badly enough like, I always start with French, and then people take pity on me and speak to me in English because they're like, you know, you tried it. You tried. It, it was bad, but it was a try. I respect it. They'd be like, bonsoir, and they'd be like, good night. How can I help you? <laughs> like, I'm trying. We see that. We just going to speak in English. It's better for both of us. Thank you. The city is overrun in the best of ways with Black American women. Yesterday, we did a day trip out to the Champagne region. We went to, it's called Epinay, I think. We went to the houses for Moët Chandon, and then we had lunch at Perrier Jouet. It was really, really good. But there was like Black American women everywhere. Some of them listened to the podcast. They were like, hey, Demetria. I was like, hey, y'all. Like, we a long way from home. What y'all doing out here? Like, Beyonce. Okay. There's so many people in the city. I told y'all I got back on social media the other day, 
And I posted a picture from Paris. And then all these people hit me and was like, you're in town? I'm in town. Let's get up. It's part of the reason we went to Soho House last night. We're supposed to meet up with some friends. But then they had like a thing early this morning. So we weren't able to get up with them. But it was it was cool. It was nice to see. I mean, it was still like a bunch of Americans. But it was just nice to see like, I don't know, some Parisian folk just being Parisian and chilling and doing what they do. And I was like, oh, this is fancy. But I'm very excited about seeing Beyonce tonight. I was going to try, because I said this last episode, I was like, I'm going to try to review the Beyonce concert for this episode. That's not going to happen. Because it dawned on me and I was like, so wait, I'm going to go to the concert and then get home from the concert after screaming my head off and then try to review the Beyonce concert and like, I don't know, at one, two o'clock in the morning. That's not the best of ideas. So I'll review the concert on Tuesday. I have very high hopes for it. Rest in peace to Tina Turner. We were at the Louis Vuitton store yesterday and my friend was like, I think Tina Turner done died. And I was like, Tina Turner died? What? We all whipped out our phones and started Googling and lo and behold, Tina Turner has gone to see the king. Oh, is that like appropriate to say? Because she's Buddhist. I don't want to disrespect her religion. I would say going to see the king. She might say something else. Tina Turner is no longer with us. That's what I'm trying to say. She passed away at 83, which is a, a long, beautiful life. In Ghana, if you're under 80, your your funeral is, is a mourning situation. If you're over 80, it's more of a celebration of life. I consider 83 kind of, sort of, a full life. I, I recognize it's longer than the average lifespan, but, like, my dad is 81. I was like, you can't go at 83. Like, I need you to stick around at least till, like, you know, the late 90s or so. Then I feel like, you know, you've had a sufficient life. And I was like, if my father passed away at 83, I would feel very like a life cut short. I probably will on the casket and try to climb on top of it. I wouldn't be able to find the celebration of life in that. But a couple episodes ago, I talked about how my mom was in town and we'd gone to see the Tina Turner musical. And then we ended up going down a, a Tina Turner rabbit hole without even knowing I was, you know, paying respects. Obviously, she didn't listen to Ratchet and Respectable, but I hope in some ways that she felt not just for me, but for many people, the good energy and goodwill and celebration of her and her life and accomplishments that was in the universe before she passed away. I remember watching the HBO documentary and I don't know, when I think of Tina Turner, like I recognize that the Ike years were a significant part of her story and a larger story that was told about her and what's love got to do with it. But when I think of Tina Turner, I think of resilience and beauty and rock star and defying expectations and being a free black woman. But I remember in in her HBO documentary, she said that she hadn't lived a good life. Her parents weren't the best, to put it mildly. And then she was married to Ike Turner, who physically abused her. And then she talked about how she finally got the courage to leave Ike. And then every time she did anything for the next few years, all anybody ever wanted to talk to her about was Ike beating her ass or when you going to get back with Ike because that was your job. That's what you're known for. Like, what you going to do without Ike? And I'm like, y'all just skipping over the beating her ass part. But I hope in, I don't know, her later years, maybe she had a different perspective on life. Maybe she did think it turned around for her and it was good. Or maybe it didn't. But maybe just, you know, in her last years, she lived well. She passed away in Switzerland, I think in her chateau, one of her many homes. She had retired from public life. The HBO documentary was her way of saying, like, goodbye and I'm done. Like, no more performances and don't come hounding me and asking me for shit. Like, I'm out. I'm done. Leave me alone. I've done enough. Um, but I hope in her final years, I know she had some health issues, um, but she had a good life. She deserved it. 
it's um it's not funny, it's not ironic, it's just, you know, happenstance. But I've been in this like Tina Turner celebration phase, like watching videos on YouTube and watching old documentaries. I didn't get around to rewatching what's love got to do with it. But you know, I was really like celebrating her. She's passed away, and so I'm just gonna continue to celebrate her as part of my mourning. Um but I love seeing all the clips online, especially the one of Oprah. Oprah was a huge Tina Turner fan, so was Beyonce. I remember the original airing of these episodes where Oprah was celebrating Tina Turner. And I think Tina Turner had brought her, her as an Oprah, one of her wigs. And Tina Turner cut her own wigs. But she brought Oprah one of her wigs and Oprah put the wig on and wouldn't take it off. I I remember it at the time because everybody watched Oprah Winfrey every day. But I remember at the time, like she had, she wore the Tina Turner wig for like a week. And then later she did an interview where she said Stedman had a mini intervention with her. and was like, take that wig off. You look crazy. <laughs> May Tina Turner rest in peace. I thank her for her many contributions and the way she inspired just by living her life the best way that she could. I, I hope that she knew this, but she inspired a lot of people to do things despite their age, despite not even despite their age, despite what people tell them about their age or too old. She's like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. Be a rock and roll star at 40 plus in like the 80s. Unheard of, but she got it done. But also to get up out of these crazy situations with men, it's still taboo in a sense to get a divorce, but definitely more so in the 80s, especially as a black woman. Like you go ahead and get a black man. People act like you got an Olympic gold medal. The idea that you want to give your medal back for any reason. He beating your ass so. Folks said the equivalent of me in, what, 2018, 19? I can't imagine how bad it was in the 80s. I don't want to. May she rest in peace. Emphasis on the peace. Speaking of folks in bad marriages, terrible transition, but it is what it is. It works. It's apropos. I have not watched the Danea Jackson interview. The one that I was super, super excited about. I just haven't had a chance to sit down. I saw that it was a two-parter. Apparently, she's been very, very candid. I've seen clips circulating online. I saw one where she was talking about, I remember when she said this in an Instagram post, but she went further to describe it. How she said she knew other women's bodies better than she knew her own. She used to watch sex tapes of her. Was he her husband at the time? I kind of got the feeling that he was. But they've been together forever. I want to say since she was 19 or so. So I wasn't really sure what time period that she was speaking of. But she said that she used to watch sex tapes of her husband. Maybe her boyfriend at the time. With other women. And try to emulate what the women did and how the women dressed and how the women moved, um, how they wore their hair, did their makeup, all of that, because she wanted to please her partner, what boyfriend, husband, whatever he was at the time. And then she talked about all the women that he you know, cheated on her with. Apparently he was a hoe while they were dating. She got married thinking you know, she won a prize and that he was going to you know, act like a married man and be faithful. And according to her version of events, what I've seen in the snippets, um, that never came to pass. Like he was a whole hoe, their whole marriage. Um, I um, I reserve further opinions and the right to revoke this one when I watch the entire interview. But overall, I think she's got a long way to go with her healing. I know what phase she's in, just as somebody who's been through a divorce. Um, she's very matter of fact about what happened, took accountability and was like, yeah, I knew. And, you know, I did it anyway. She's not fully healed, which I don't think anyone would or should expect her to be at this point. It really just hasn't been long enough. But she's in a process. She's on her way. She's not cursing people out on the internet anymore 
and she's out of the phase where she's disheveled and doesn't care about her appearance. She's in progress. She's a work in progress. I hope she stays in a progressive space and, and gets to full healing. It takes a while. Plus, they got kids, so she got to still deal with him on a regular basis. And she went through a lot. Some of the things that she said are very extreme, but I don't have negative judgment for her. I think most people, most women, if they're honest with themselves, have done stupid shit trying to maintain a relationship, trying to quote unquote keep a man, trying to hold something together. They really didn't have no business existing to begin with. It, it was a trash situation from jump, but you in it nonetheless. Speak for myself, and, and this is not jabs at my ex-husband. He's not the only person I've been stupid over. I, I dated other people before I married him. There are many decisions that I've made in relationships or trying to save relationships, trying to get into relationships that I'm not proud of. I tell people a lot, but there's absolutely chapters of my life that I don't read out loud because I'm embarrassed that I behaved in that way, that I so wanted to be loved, liked, accepted, a part of something that I did stupid shit over people. If you listen to enough episodes, you've heard some stories. I don't feel like I need to tell you everything. My pain, I, I can't use it for other people's entertainment. I share certain things and, and some people really feel me and get me and, and relate. It's, it's not entertaining. It's, it's a story and it's relatable and it's, it's speaking um, the truth of many people's lives out loud. But there's also other people that just, you know, listen to it for dramatic effect. And there's also other people that, um, I don't know, pick and choose what I talk about to use me um, to further their own agendas about, you know, black women and unmarried black women or black women who travel. And you know, I'm a morality tale of like what you shouldn't do or how you shouldn't live because, you know, look what happened to her. To which I say, like, I mean, yeah, like, look at how many times I fall and I'm human. It happens. It's life. It happens to everyone. I'm not embarrassed by that. But if you're going to count how many times I fell, please also count how many times I got back up. It's always X equals fallen and X plus one equals kept going. But I really want to sit down and listen to this interview. I just legit haven't had a chance. We go out every day at like 10, 11 o'clock and we don't get back to the house until after 10, 11 o'clock. Like we walk around the city all day gallivanting, eating croissant, champagne for breakfast, just nonsense shit. Having a beautiful time. By the time I get back to the house, like I'm exhausted. But so maybe when I get back to London, I have a chance to listen to the interview. Thank you for your patience while I pull it together. What else is going on in the world? I saw our baby, our darling. I feel like everyone must feel the way about her that I do. Halle Bailey. I think The Little Mermaid comes out. Does it come out today? Today's the 26th. That's the release date, right? I think so. But I've read that she's on four simultaneous glamour covers, which congratulations to her. I'm so proud of her. I haven't even seen The Little Mermaid yet, and I'm proud. I saw the headline on YBF that she was on the four different covers. I'm on YBF right now looking for what countries they are. Come on. United States, Mexico, Germany, and Spain. It's good for her. And she looks amazing. She's such a cute, cute, cute girl. Her and her sister. Oh, in the article, I didn't read everything. I just read the summary that was on YBF. Remember there was an episode I was talking about Chloe Bailey and I was like, people hate Chloe Bailey so much. And I was like, I just adore her. And one of the reasons I adored her is because she saw her sister on the Little Mermaid red carpet and she got excited like she was a full-blown fan. And I was like, she probably saw her that morning because they might even live together. They don't, but they do. They live in the same building and they live down the hall from each other, which I think makes Chloe's reaction even better. I'm like, you see this girl every day. You live literally down the hall from her. Literally. 
That wasn't even me joking. Literally, you lived down the hall from her and you saw her on the red carpet. It freaked out like you were a whole fan who's never seen her in person before, despite her being your whole sister who lives down the hall. Not even your whole sister who like lives across the country and you haven't seen her in months. Your whole sister who lives down the hall. I really like Chloe and Hallie. I like them both. She talked a little bit about this color purple role, which I had no idea she was in. I heard no buzz about Halle Bailey being in the color purple. She said when she was filming The Little Mermaid, she got an audition to do the color purple. She said the call came out the blue. She wasn't even thinking about it. So she did an audition tape from wherever she was. She didn't go in person, but she did an audition tape and sent it in and she got it. She said being on set for The Color Purple was, quote, a family reunion. She said she appreciated having the smaller roles. She's playing Nettie. If you haven't seen the trailer, but she's the lead in The Little Mermaid. So she was doing a lot. So she said she appreciated the smaller role in The Color Purple. She said also she got to speak in her Georgia Southern accent. And she says of The Color Purple, quote, the first one is so iconic. You almost don't want to touch something as precious as that. And the same with The Little Mermaid. But she said she's pleased with the outcome. She says, I think people will be really proud of the new version. Based on what I saw, it looks good. It looks really good. And I was skeptical. I was like, we don't need no new color purple. Then I saw the trailer and was like, oh my God, we need this. This is so good. Oh my God. We got to wait till Christmas. Oprah said we need to show up to the color purple in purple. And I was like, ma'am, I don't think I own anything purple. Like literally not one stitch of clothing. Purple is not my color. I'm going to show up to see it. I don't know if I'm going to show up to see it on Christmas Day because I'll be in Ghana. But if they have it, I'll go see it. But I ain't going to wear purple. Or lavender. I could wear pink. We'll see. Shout out to Issa Rae. Speaking of people on magazine covers, she's on the cover of Black Enterprise. She and her team. I was on Issa's page and she did a shout out. She was like, you know, there's a cover of me, but there's also a cover of the people that mind my business. When I think of Issa Rae, I think of her as a businesswoman. Like I know very much that she's an actress, but I also know she has her own production company. I know she has the coffee shops around LA. I knew she had a music label. But I think I knew all of these things individually and I never just put them together under one umbrella. Black Enterprise does that on their website. Um, in addition to all the things that I just named, she also has a talent management company, which I had no idea about. And then she has Sienna Naturals, which I'd heard of, but I don't think I realized that she was the owner. So yeah, and I was like, that's one, two, let me scroll up, three, four, five, successful money-earning businesses that she's in charge of. And I was like, okay, Issa. I remember you from the YouTube, girl. I'm very, very proud of her. Oh, the same thing we had on our list from last week. We were supposed to talk about it and I was just exhausted. Rudy Giuliani, the disgraced former mayor of New York City, as he's often referred to as, who was once like seemingly a viable presidential candidate, once was a respected man. New Yorkers didn't much care for him while he was in office, but the way he handled 9-11, like people did have respect for him over that. People actually thought he was a sane and respectable man at one point in time. That time has since passed. Womp womp. Where's this Rudy Giuliani story? I just pulled it up. Hold on. Rudy is a whole 78 with this kind of nonsense going on in his life. I was like, sir, you can't settle down and fly right. Business Insider's headline is Giuliani demanded staffer give him oral sex during calls from Trump, according to lawsuit. I feel like they'll have the salacious shit. 
Because there's so much salacious shit. I told you I love when we could talk about ratchet shit and, they, and there's no black people involved. People are like, why is a podcast called Ratchet and Respectable? Like, you grew up in the suburbs. You don't even act ratchet. I mean, not in public. I do stupid shit like everybody else. I just don't post it on Instagram. The Ratchet and Ratchet and Respectable refers to the content, not to me. I've said this a million times. But whenever people want to take a quick jab at me, they're like, why is she calling herself Ratchet? Like, she's trying to pretend she's something she's not. No, I've never called myself Ratchet. It's the name of the podcast. It's not my name. It's the name of the podcast. Two different things. All right, I'm scrolling Business Insider. Oh, we don't have to scroll far. They ready at the gate. They start, quote, a bombshell lawsuit out of Manhattan accuses Rudy Giuliani of forcing a former employee to submit to sex as a condition of employment, including making her give him oral sex while he took calls from then-president Donald Trump on speakerphone. Again, this man is 70-some-odd years old acting like this. They're quoting the lawsuit. He often demanded oral sex while he took phone calls on speaker from high-profile friends and clients, including President Trump. According to the lawsuit, 70-page lawsuit, the woman said, quote, Giuliani said he enjoyed engaging in this conduct while on the telephone because it made him feel like Bill Clinton. But damn, her name is Nicole Duffy Dunphy is seeking $10 million in unpaid wages and damages. Dunphy says she was an emotionally vulnerable domestic violence victim when Giuliani hired her as his director of business development in 2019. She held the job for two years. She says shortly after Giuliani hired her, he had sex with her when she was too drunk to consent. He also required that she stay over in a private guest suite at his Upper East Side apartment. Obviously, he did not stay in his room. She said Giuliani demanded she drink scotch with him, then barged into her suite as she emerged from the shower. Again, according to the lawsuit, he sat on the bed and pulled down his pants. He grabbed her and forced her to give him oral sex. The woman alleges that Giuliani also smacked her in the face and told her that the smack was cute. He insisted that she stay in the house for the weekend. And during that weekend, he insisted that she bring him scotch on demand while he brainstormed ideas for interviews, shows, and a Netflix series. There's more. There's more. Insider makes a point to note that this is on page 25. There's been so much shit that happened before page 25 that you finally get to this. Giuliani asked the woman for help, quote, selling pardons. He was selling pardons for $2 million a pop. I feel like that's cheap. If I was selling pardons and I wouldn't sell pardons, I don't know if I'd be in a position to sell pardons. But if I was, I feel like I would sell pardons for like a minimum of $5 million. He was selling pardons for $2 million a pop. He told old girl that he and Trump would split the fee. The woman explains, because I guess like you and me, she knows people are like, yo, if he was acting like this, why did you stay employed? And she said, because I needed the money. She said Giuliani promised her a $1 million annual salary as well as free legal representation. He ain't pay that shit. I think she said he paid her like $20,000 over the course of two years. And I was like, wait, so he promised you all this money and that's why you stayed employed and put up with this crazy shit he was doing, but he wasn't even paying you? I'm not saying he did it or he didn't do it. I'm just saying, girl, you ain't even get the check he was promised? There's more. Still, there's more. We're not done. We're still reading on Business Insider. 
according to the lawsuit. Giuliani also, quote, often demanded that she work naked in a bikini or short shorts with an American flag on him that he had purchased. She said when she and Giuliani were apart, they would work remotely via video conference. She said during those conferences, Giuliani, quote, almost always asked her to remove her clothes on camera. She said he often called from the bed where he was visibly touching himself under a white sheet. Look, they got to get rid of this Viagra. These old men just out here acting all kinds of wild. I mean, he's a nasty mofo. There's tons of men that take Viagra and just behave in appropriate ways. Giuliani don't sound like one of them. Let's see. Is there still more? Oh, there is. So Giuliani would say things to her like, quote, I think of you as my daughter. She said he would say things like that while they were engaging in sexual contact. He asked her, is that weird? Nigga, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Correction. A few moments ago, I said Giuliani paid her approximately $20,000. That was a lie. According to Business Insider, the woman says Giuliani ultimately only ever paid her $12,000, claiming that he needed to defer her salary during his divorce. He claimed that his crazy ex-wife and her lawyers were watching his cash flow and that his ex-wife would, quote, attack and retaliate against any female employee that Giuliani hired. She was supposed to get paid $1 million a year, and he only ever gave her $12,000. Is that even a week's worth of paycheck off of a million-dollar salary? In short, the woman accuses Giuliani of sexual assault, battery, gender discrimination, and harassment, fostering a hostile work environment, retaliation, breach of contract, and violations of state labor laws. Is there anything left? And it's important to mention just because we done read off a whole lot of allegations, Giuliani, through his spokesperson, quote, unequivocally denies these allegations. His spokesperson said Mayor Giuliani's lifetime of public service speaks for itself. You might not want to refer to that. He was mayor of New York City, but in, in most recent years, remember he did the interview at the fake Four Seasons and it was across the street from the porn shop? And he had hair dye running down his face during the press conference. That's what I think of when I think of Giuliani. But we'll read the statement in whole. It says, Mayor Giuliani's lifetime of public service speaks for itself. And he will pursue all available remedies and counterclaims. I mean, we're still in the allegation phase. This has to play out. I would imagine if he has any money left, he would try to settle out of court. But seeing as how he only paid the woman $12,000, I don't know that he has any money. He could just be a cheap motherfucker. That wouldn't surprise me about Rudy Giuliani. Let me see if I could try to read reporting on this from somewhere else. Because I swear there were allegations that he was also a racist. You see, this is the New York Post. Two million in unpaid wages. She's suing for 10 million. Oh, this is a detail. On her first day of employment in January 2019, he kissed her in the backseat of a limo and asked her to, quote, send some, send some flirtatious photos. She said she was left stunned and shaken. His behavior only got worse, most of which we detail, but this is just a little more. He first asked her invasive questions about her sexual history, then forced her to perform oral sex the same month she was hired. The alleged abuse escalated until he forced her to have sex with him despite her refusal several times, often when alcohol was involved. She said he frequently popped Viagra, even without that detail in the other story. I was like, I know there's Viagra involved. There's no way it's not. 
She said, quote, she worked under the virtually constant threat that Giuliani might initiate sexual contact at any moment. She says the former mayor also displayed controlling behavior, demanding she dress conservatively in public while requesting she work naked. We talked about that. She says he forbade her from seeing or talking to anyone on the phone without his approval and developed, quote, a habit of calling her obsessively, including 50 times on February 12, 2019, and expected her to be at his beck and call. For a million dollars that he wasn't paying her? He also fired her. After all of this that she's alleging and not paying her, only the $12,000, she continued to work for him for two years. And then she says she was unceremoniously fired in January 2021. Oh, this is a nice detail. The woman says she has several audio recordings of Giuliani, including some of which she says he can be heard demanding sex and making sexist, racist, and anti-Semitic remarks. And once again, via his spokesperson, Giuliani, quote, vehemently denies all of the allegations. In fact, his lawyer denies that the woman had ever been employed by Giuliani. What? We're going to keep an eye on this case because there's so much more to come. You start accusing people of this level of crazy. Plus, there's tapes. I want to hear the tapes. We're going to read one more story about Giuliani. Just because there's a website called Law and Crime and the headline is Fuck Me Like Crazy. Donald Trump crony Rudy Giuliani faces sexual abuse lawsuit. Let's see. I'm scrolling now. It's a 70-page complaint. She says Giuliani made clear that satisfying his sexual demands, which came virtually anytime, anywhere. He sounds like Lady Danbury's husband on Queen Charlotte. Satisfying his sexual demands was an absolute requirement of her employment and of his legal representation. He drank morning, noon, and night. It was frequently intoxicated. And therefore, his behavior was always unpredictable. She says Giuliani also took Viagra constantly. That's a quote. The woman says Giuliani would point to his erect penis and tell her that she could not do any work until, quote, you take care of this. Yeah. The woman says she has copious evidence backing up her account in the form of text messages and consensually recorded conversations. Her complaint includes screenshots of several of these alleged text messages. I'm looking at one right now. Rudy, old Rudy, sent her a message. He said, I'm dreaming about you. Apparently, she's out at the club or a restaurant. She says, I can't believe it's more crowded on Monday at 9 p.m. than I've ever seen it. He responds, leave, exclamation point, you're mine. She says, I'll leave the second Gustavo arrives. Gustavo is reading this and is mad that his neighbor's in this shit. Giuliani responds, nobody will ever have you now. The woman claims that she has a recording of Giuliani promising to give her 300,000 American USD dollars in dineros if she would, quote, forego her legal rights in connection with her pending case. And in addition to, he says, and fuck me like crazy. She has another recorded chat with him. She says this is from February 2019. She says Giuliani told her that he could get in, that he could, quote, get in trouble with underage girls if they were 16 but look 20. Who says that shit? I read something associated with this quote on another page because I've been reading up on this for a week because it's so crazy. He said something like even if he got caught with underage girls, nobody would be able to prosecute him because he's friends with Trump. Did she record that too? Yeah, those are the biggest allegations from law and crime. I think that's enough. That's wild. Do you think Giuliani would go to jail for this? 
I don't know. His ass need to go to jail. If he if he did all that she's accused him of, he needs to go to jail. Be under the jail, as my mother would say. But, you know, he's a white man in America. Maybe a rich one. Maybe. All right. That's the episode for today. I wish we could do Beyonce, but I cannot stay up after the concert to record the episode. I cannot. I'm sure you understand. I hope you do. Um, but we'll talk about it next week. In the meantime, I'm going to edit and I'm going to get up and go gallivant around Paris. Petty. All right. Talk Tuesday. Bye.